Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. This is Mr. Gadget, and as promised, this is a continuation of my uh, episode slash drive last week about how we need to get young people and anybody else who has the time and the information interested in building hardware and interested in learning about the hardware that makes up the magical devices that make all of our lives wonderful and fabulous here in the world of tomorrow, except for my flying car. Uh, So I mentioned about how I used to build kits and had various kinds of adventures as a young lad uh, with an interest in things technical and electronic, and so I thought I would list out a whole series of sites and, uh, of course, give you some anecdotes about various uh, ways that one can procure electronics, and fear not, because I have not only information about here within the United States of America, which, of course, I mentioned it seems apropos because it's just uh, the cusp of our beginning of our huge shopping season and our Black Friday, uh, which probably this episode will play (laughs) just before Black Friday. And if you need gift ideas, there's a whole bunch of them here. But... I also have information about stores where you can buy similar types of items up in the fair Commonwealth of Canada, uh, just north of us here, as well as another electronics uh, source that I know of over in the United Kingdom. So we're international this week on, uh, you know, doing DIY and kit building and getting kids interested in electronics. Okay, so primarily, then we need to have a real electronics store. Now, this is something which lamentably has gone by the wayside here within the U.S. We used to have several just here in Kansas City, and I've talked about them on various episodes. But those, Lafayette, uh, Bernstein Apple, was local here, Allied, uh, those have mostly gone by the wayside, various electronics chains. There are still chains, of course, that do sell electronic items, but not the kits that we're talking about and not electronic components. And even uh, magazines that are uh, uh, oriented towards this, in the U.S., all of the electronic magazines have sadly uh, bitten the dust. They could no longer keep their doors open, but there has been a resurgence of magazines, so we'll talk about those a little bit later in the episode. But, of course, the best way to get started with this is to have something you can see, that you can hold, that you can touch, that you can get your hands on right away, and within the United States of America, that easiest source of both electronic components, when you're more advanced and you're wanting to get some parts that you can use, and they might be a little bit cheaper if you order them online, and there are various sources of parts online, but uh, you can get them right away, and a source for kits, and there's been a resurgence of said kits, And that is, of course, the ubiquitous Radio Shack store, which is, uh, I used to uh, joke with people that pretty soon your question will be, do you want to eat dinner at the McDonald's across the street or at the McDonald's next door? And, of course, there'll be a Radio Shack on every block. Uh, (laughs) Now, that has also kind of gone by the wayside, but there are still uh, Radio Shack stores across the width and breadth of this great nation, and there are similar stores that actually used to be Radio Shack stores up north in Canada. Eh? Uh, so up in Canada, 
it was kind of interesting. There's this interesting aspect to Radio Shack stores. Radio Shack stores are mostly owned by Tandy Corporation, which is actually a leather company. Uh, or at least that was originally what Tandy did was leather. And there's at least one outlet where you can still buy uh, supplies if you are a person who uh, likes to actually work with leather and make leather pouches and bags and belts and such. Uh, there's one Tandy store still in town. <clears throat> Initially, the Radio Shack was from down in Texas, and that's where Tandy was from, Fort Worth, Texas. And they bought out that and franchised it, essentially, initially. So a lot of the stores were initially franchise stores. By the time I was interested in electronics, there were really only three franchise stores in the Kansas City area that were left. And there are some interesting stories about that that I might go into on some future episode. A lot of times uh, when you go into the rural areas of uh, the states, you'll see a, uh, a Tandy store, uh, I mean a Radio Shack store that's kind of part of another store or uh, a lot of the more rural ones are franchise stores. I've always liked the franchise stores because you can find the most interesting old stuff there. Uh, sometimes it's the old stuff that you're looking for in terms of just the parts that you need or just the particular thing that you need to do this. And we will have a talk early or later in the uh, uh, series here of building things about how you go out and look for items and you buy them on the super cheap. You buy them on the clearance sale, not because you're ever going to use the item for what it was intended for, but for all the interesting parts that are inside, right, and what you can tinker with. So the franchise Radio Shack stores are kind of gone by the wayside here in the States. However, up until a few years ago, every Radio Shack store in Canada was actually owned by, I believe, if I'm not incorrect, it was Computer City. Uh, but, uh, and oddly enough, Computer City in the United States was subsumed by uh, a Radio Shack, you know, subs uh, subsidiary. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, so whoever it was, everything in Canada was franchised. And there was some kind of a dust-up between the, which is a real Texan kind of a term, uh, there was some kind of a dust-up between them a few years back. This is all around, oh, six years ago or so. I was doing a little Googling, and that seemed to be about the time frame. And uh, so they said, well, fine, we'll just, you know, we own all the locations, and we can source parts, and we can source a lot of the stuff that we sell. We're just going to rename those The Source. So now in Canada, you have everything that was a Radio Shack store is now a The Source. And it's not exactly the same things, but it's mostly the same stuff. Because they're going back to the manufacturers. If there's anything that's, that's Tandy branded, that's Radio Shack branded, they're just going to the same uh, you know, people in China and having them run the same parts with a different set of packaging. Uh, so a lot of the same stuff, but some extra interesting stuff. I, when I go on a trip to Canada, I always go to a, uh, a, at least one source store. In fact, uh, my favorite of all the places to go is, of course, uh, in downtown Toronto. And there's all kinds of interesting things. We'll talk a little bit more about Toronto here uh, over the course of the episode. But <coughs> excuse me, the most interesting thing 
about uh, source stores is they have extra things that you would not see in a regular Radio Shack store. So it's interesting to go to for me because I get to see, you know, interesting new things uh, involved with that. So now after this whole everything became a source store, and one of the reasons why I like going to downtown Toronto, I have several customers there, so I've done various of these trips through the years. And one of the most interesting parts about it is there's this big, huge shopping center on Young Street. Now, Young Street is kind of Main Street for Toronto, for want of a better term. It is this street that goes north from the lake, pretty much straight north from the lake, and it keeps on going and going and going. I mean, it's hundreds of miles up into, uh, you know, Ontario, the, the province that uh, Toronto's in. Uh, so that whole aspect of going up Young Street, well, there's uh, King Street and there's Queen Street, right? That's the Commonwealth. And I think it's it's just at King Street that this huge shopping center, and I'm not going to name it by name because its name has changed, and uh, I don't remember what the new name is. But this is a big thing. I mean, it's got three or four floors, and it's got, you know, and it's long. It's four or five blocks long. I mean, literally, I believe it's, Queen Street and then King Street. I forget which one is north. These are parallel streets that cross Young. And whatever that that street that's on the south part of this, there's a subway station there. And this thing is strung out along Young Street far enough and a sufficient number of blocks that there's another subway station on the other end of the shopping center. Very large. And thusly, since it's so large, there were always two radio sex stores. So there's one at one end and there's one at the other. Ooh, bonus for me, right? Because what else do I have to do at night when I'm up there doing a training session or something like that? So I'm just walking around and, and wandering around. They got an Apple store. <clears throat> had that the last time I went up when Apple stores came into play. And as I mentioned, this is all about five, six years ago. Since then, Radio Shack has moved back into Canada and opened, quote, unquote, real Radio Shack stores. Right, I'm doing air quotes here. So now there's three stores that sell electronic parts. All in this one shopping center. Of course, this is nirvana for me, right? So one night, I'll usually just wander around in that shopping center and stop at all the electronic stores along the way. Plus, there's a, a gajillion, you know, cell phone places and uh, all kinds of stuff. So anyway, sources for parts and sources for kits. Now, the interesting and exciting thing about Radio Shack now within the States, I don't know. Uh, I've got a compatriot that's been up to Canada several times, but she's not the type of person to go to a Radio Shack or a source store, uh, so I don't know about this. But Radio Shack here in the States has started back into serious kits. Now, they've had some kits through the years. They even still have that item that I talked about where it was a 30-in-1 kit and a 75-in-1 kit. They still sell some of those. And if you do have somebody, start with a smaller kit, a simpler kind of a kit, and if they seem to have an interest in that, then you could build up to one of those, uh, uh, I think it's a 150-in-one kit, uh, 150 different circuits. It's got a little breadboard that you can stick parts into, the little one with the little holes and things like that. It's got multiple ICs that are involved. So it's very nice, very nice kind of a lab. It's really literally an electronic lab that you can use to experiment with different parts without soldering or anything like that. 
Uh, and also, there's some new things that have come on into play, and we'll be talking about that over the next few minutes. Arduino is a little microcomputer chip. Now, there's very, been various little microcontrollers, they've been called, through the years. And they've always been of interest to people who want to experiment around with not just computers that you can use to do data you know, processing and graphics and things like that. These microcontrollers would be the kind of things you would use to control your robot or turn on and off you know, servos or control lights and you know, things like that. So it's much more towards the turning a signal on and off or having uh, some inputs that you could detect whether a switch was closed or things like that. When you're getting down to the nitty-gritty of controlling something, and they were easier to program and things like that. Well, Arduino has come on to the scene here. It's open hardware. It's an open spec, and uh, it is very, very exciting stuff. So a lot of this you'll hear a lot about Arduino. Arduino is a little bit too daunting, though, to start out right away. You're probably in you know, you're probably going to want to experiment around with some of these other electronics first before you jump right into Arduino. Uh, but, you know, your mileage may vary here. So they're going to start selling some of the Arduino kinds of uh, kits and, and parts that you use in conjunction with that right there in the Radio Shack store. So I find that very exciting. And there's also various kinds of kits they're adding on to their They've always had through the years some very simple kind of kits, some very beginner, youngster kind of kits, but they're having some more serious kinds of kits that are going to become available. And I found out all about this at our Maker Fair. We had a Kansas City Maker Fair. talked about that, I think, uh, in an HVR episode. And they had a lot of kits there at the Maker Fair, and those are the kind of things they're stocking in the stores now. And speaking of stockings, they're great stocking stuffers, right? They're the size I think you, you can put in there. So there's a lot of kits that are available, a lot of parts that are available at Radio Shack. Those are readily available. There's lots of good books there. Most of those, uh, if you're interested in electronics, there's a guy named Mims, Forrest Mims, who has uh, written the definitive kind of electronic books for electronic circuits and explaining how they work and things like that. So that, those, that would be an excellent, excellent source. I think there will probably be something similar at the source. There's also a store in the UK called Maplin. And I ran across this 20, well, probably 24 years ago or so uh, on a trip. Uh, I used to work international before I came to the company I work now for a company called, well, it was a small company in Kansas City that got bought out, and I've talked about that before. And the latter part of my career at Informix and the latter part at Innovative was uh, working with translators. And on one trip, I was visiting a translation house that was in London that could do some work for us. And right down the street from that was a Maplin store, literally two doors down. And so that's how I discovered Maplin. My latest two trips uh, to the UK, I didn't actually look up to find out where the local Maplin store was, and I kind of regret that because I always enjoyed that. Uh, they are online. You can get there uh, to if you look up Maplin, and I'm going to send Ken links, so hopefully he'll have links to all, a lot of these things here as part of the show notes. And the Maplin store, I know I can see from its site. Uh, I was on a mobile device, so I couldn't see the full site, uh, but I know it's got a lot of components there, and 
uh, things like that. I'm not sure how well it's fixed for kits, uh, uh, you know, and things, but, but I imagine that would be a great source for electronic parts and things like that, which eventually you're probably going to develop an interest in. Now, uh, there's also internationally some franchise stores for Radio Shacks. So there are a few countries. I noticed that. You know, there's a Radio Shack locator, and it says locate outside the U.S., and they have uh, some locations of franchise stores outside of the U.S. Uh, there seems to be one store per country. But now, an interesting point of this is, if you have an interest in this and you have a knowledge of this, I have no idea what the equivalent of the Maplin store or the Radio Shack store would be in Germany although I imagine there is, uh, in France, although I imagine there is. And, you know, I did find kind of the approximate equivalent of this of, of some components and things like that in, in Bangkok when I spent some time there uh, with my company. So there's lots and lots of different places and lots and lots of different countries. And if you're in a country who has a similar type of show, by all means, call in and describe the kind of kits and electronic parts and where you would go to get them in your country. Okay, so we have the Radio Shack stores, the Source stores, the Maplin stores. Magazine-wise, to get interest in this, there's something called, I, I'm, I lamented, there used to be a, a Popular Electronics, I believe technically it was Popular Electronics, was where Bill Gates, well technically it was Paul Allen, saw that the MITS computer was going to be available as a kit, computer kit that you could build and got with Bill, and that's how they got so excited and started up Microsoft. Uh, and that one then got bought out by Radio Electronics, or the ultimately the, yeah, there used to be also Radio Electronics, and Radio Electronics, I believe, bought Popular Electronics, and it became Modern Electronics, and then that all died. So there's no more... There were no paper magazines about electronics for several years in the U.S. But recently, O'Reilly has started up Make Magazine. Make Magazine is the most fantastic resource for this kind of thing. Do-it-yourself electronics and do-it-yourself other kinds of ideas. And so go to makezine.com. There will be a link in the show notes. And the Make Magazine, you can get four issues a year. You can get electronic issues, so if you're international and you don't want to pay whatever the exorbitant fee is to get the paper shipped to you, you probably can find this in a, a, a bookstore that does handle some international magazines. You might be able to find issues there. There's only four issues a year, but it's a nice thick issue, and it usually has lots and lots of ideas for projects. And a lot of these are projects that are directly available and would be doable by children, you know, youngsters, uh, right in that age frame of the tweens, right, the, the, the pre-teens and tweens and, and early teens there where you can really capture their interest. Lots and lots of stuff they can do. One thing I would caution you about and I would encourage you, I have lost the feeling in my tips of my fingers, I can't tell you how many times, from hot soldering irons. Nowadays there's actually a cold tip soldering iron that the tip remains cold until you touch it to the metal that you're actually soldering. So you've got an extra safety kind of uh, aspect of things for, for your kids. <coughs> Excuse me. So kits that are available 
they have a, a store, a maker store, where you can buy all kinds of kits. Another very interesting company that's come on to play that has a lot of the Arduino kinds of things, as well as other interesting kits, is called Adafruit. Uh, the lady who started that, Lady Ada, and you should go out and you should uh, you should search YouTube for Lady Ada or Adafruit and see some of the YouTube things because she's had some fairly high uh, profile kinds of uh, interviews that are you get off of YouTube. Uh, Bloomberg and CNN and some of the news people are starting to pick up on this. And she has all kinds of interesting kits and, and other kinds of things that she's selling. Maker Store actually sells some of the Adafruit kinds of things, but, uh, you know, uh, she probably gets a little bit more or maybe gets a little bit more when you buy directly from her, so you can always check that out. Another exciting aspect of this and other places that you can get, uh, you know, kits locally here is various electronic stores. Now, the best one I've ever run into outside of, you know, Radio Shack electronic stores that stay open 7, 8, 9 o'clock at night, there may be an electronic store in your town. There's one here in the Kansas City area, but it's really designed to sell electronic parts to professionals, to businesses and things like that. So it closes at 5 o'clock, right? And if you work, a normal business hour, you can't get to that store unless you take off at lunch and go down. And they're really more oriented towards lots and lots of parts and, and, and purchase orders. And there's electronic distributors here in town that are designed to sell to them. I'm talking about people who are designed to sell to you as an individual on a retail basis here, right? So the best one I've ever found is something called you do it electronics, and it's in suburban Boston. And whenever I have a car in Boston, I always drive to You Do It Electronics. And they they've got components, but they've also got interesting kits and just all kinds of electronic things. And that's always a pilgrimage that I make. Another pilgrimage I always make is when I'm out in California. There's fries, and fries have a lot of electronic kits and a lot of components as well as the everything else electronic that they sell in fries. But there's some really good aisles if you're interested in building stuff, and there's some kits and things like that at fries. So there's another source if you happen to live somewhere where there's it's a fries store. Uh, fries is kind of funny. I've told the story of fries, right? It actually started with, well, I think I told the story of fries. I'll save that for another time because we're going on here. Uh, another thing that I noticed, and I talked about this in the HBR store when I was in Ohio, and I've noticed now at my local one also, if you have a micro center that is within driving distance or a micro center in your town, micro center has started uh, handling some of the uh, kits that are the maker kits, mostly the ones related to Arduino and microcontrollers and things like that. So you can acquire some of that interesting stuff that is in the maker store. It's like having a maker store right there as a little, you know, uh, section of the wall in your micro center store. So if you have a micro center store, you have that availability to you. That uh, I know there was a place that I went to once that was just a regular electronic center place, the kind that's really more just electronic parts for you know people who still need those on a professional basis. But, and that was in Ohio somewhere. This has probably been you know, 15 to 20 years ago. 
But I remember going to that store, and it stayed open until 8 or 9 o'clock at night, which is very unusual for those types of stores. Uh, but micro centers are, are really interesting sources uh, for that now. It not only has, you know, it has those kinds of kits and things like that. Uh, in Toronto, it's kind of the opposite of Fry's. I have kind of talked about how Fry's uh, uh, started as a, a little kind of hardware-oriented, computer-oriented thing within a, a different kind of store. The opposite of that kind of has, has happened in Toronto. There was an electronics store along a, a street, and I can't remember the street off the top of my head, but there's a whole line of computer stores in Toronto. Very easy to get to by subway and bus. And uh, there's a whole line of those, and just row after row, I mean, store after store, all in a row here, that are all the beige box stores. They're, they're the stores that would sell you various kinds of components to build computers and things like that. Well, some enterprising young lad opened up an electronics store that was selling microcontrollers and Arduinos and uh, different kind of parts that you would want to you know, pursue this type of hobby, but he wasn't quite making you know, the rent and he was going to have to close down. And a literal hardware store in that neighborhood bought out that inventory, and I guess he works for them now and stocks it for them, and and anyway, there's like a, an aisle or two in this hardware store where you go to buy paint and hammers and nails and stuff like that. There's literally a little section of that store that sells electronic parts. And I thought that was interesting. Instead of a electronics thing that grows bigger than the store, this was an electronic store that went smaller and went into a different kind of hardware store. So that hardware store, you can buy everything, right? It reminds me of years ago, there was a... <laughs> There, this is way, way back uh, when microcomputers were first starting. And in Wichita, Kansas, there was a micro and micro store. You could buy microwave ovens, which are still relatively new, and you could buy microcomputers <laughs> in the same store. Uh, that store didn't make it. <laughs> anyway, but uh, so all these different places. And the, the Maker Store, interesting enough, last year uh, there was a special book that they came out uh, from Make Magazine. It did, wasn't included with your regular subscription. It was a special edition that was all about tools, right? Uh, had one of the guys from uh, oh shoot, I can't even think of the name the the TV show where they tried Mythbusters. One of the guys from Mythbusters. Uh, the guy with the glasses. And uh, he was the one that's not bald. I can't remember the, the name. Anyway, he was on the cover, and they had tools that you would use if you were a maker, right? If you were, you were, you know, you need tools, and so it was a special thing on tools. This year, they've got a whole new section in Make Magazine that on that magazine site, you can go to a special link that is a special page that's all about kits, and they have an issue of Make Magazine that is the Kit Builder Special. And you could get a printed version of it, maybe at a store near you, or you could order it from them. And I believe that's $9.99 U.S. And for $6.99 U.S., and I assume that would be within the U.S. as well as outside the U.S., you can order a electronic version of it and get the PDF. And I believe that's $6.99. So there's various and sundry places where you can find kits. Oh, there's another one, and you can 
find it on Maker Store. I uh, can't remember the name of it right now, but I'll also send a link to them, uh, to Kim, so he can include it. And that is this new electronics thing that's designed for kids and, and really small children where you don't want to get into soldering, and you don't even want to get into connecting wires, right, to the little springs on the electronic lab. And it's, it's got these little modules, and they're brightly colored, and it's kind of like Lego blocks for electronics. And you've got various little kinds of modules, and you connect the modules together, and then you get a working circuit. And it's just the kind of thing that will really suck in smaller children because they can literally put together like they're, they're little interconnecting these blocks, only when they're done, they get something that blinks on and off an LED light or, you know, does some other kind of cool thing, and they built it. And as I said last week, there's nothing quite like that feeling of I built the circuit and maybe even con the little program for the microcontroller that is why this little LED comes on whenever that door opens. Or, you know, I can blink that in whatever pattern that I want. Or I can have a little set of LEDs and I can put whatever message I want on those LEDs. And there's just nothing like that feeling that I made this. So if you want some child in your life to have that kind of feeling, these are the kind of things you need to get them started. Go out there, see what's there. Don't hesitate to send me questions. I got some fantastic feedback on the show about acoustic suspension speakers, and I need to get back with the gentleman to see if I can post uh, or if he'll give me permission to talk about some of the info that he talked about with me on that. He had spent years in the hi-fi business and, and has forgotten probably more than I ever knew about speaker systems. And uh, so if you want to give me some feedback, you can send me emails through the HPR site. I am Mr. Gadgets on Google+. Uh, send me any kind of email you want to hpr at mrgadgets.com. And if you have any questions on this, uh, want to uh, have me, you know, look up some info for you, or uh, if I talk about something and I can't find the link right away, don't hesitate to give me some feedback here on the episodes. But other than that, I hope everybody is having a safe uh, shopping experience for the coming holiday and uh, whatever holiday it is you happen to celebrate. And hopefully, I've given you some ideas. On what, and you know, there's nothing that says, you know, we're all kids at heart. So there's nothing that says that if you got some time and you're interested in this, you can go out and build one of these kits. And some other future episodes will delve off into, you know, there's some more complex kits now. If they're interested in radios, boy, there's some radio kits now that that once you get some skill at uh, uh, soldering, you know, some parts to a board and things like that, you can build of radios now that go way beyond anything that I had available as a kid. and But that'll be the subject of another episode. Okay, so this is Mr. Gadget out here scouring farts on the electronic frontier, and we'll talk to you next time. Bye. You have been listening to Hacker Public Radio at hackerpublicradio.org. We are a community podcast network that releases shows every weekday, Monday through Friday. Today's show, like all our shows, was contributed by a HPR listener like yourself. If you ever considered recording a podcast, 
then visit our website to find out how easy it really is. Hecker Public Radio was founded by the Digital Dog Pound and the Infonomicon Computer Club. HBR is funded by the Binary Revolution at binrev.com. All BinRev projects are proudly sponsored by Lunar Pages. From shared hosting to custom private clouds, go to lunarpages.com for all your hosting needs. Unless otherwise stated, today's show is released under a Creative Commons Attribution Share Alike 3.0 license.